0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. It's our wrap of day one of the Ashes. I'm Menas. I'm joined by Jaleesa Apps. Jaleesa, how are
1: you? I'm good, Menas. How are you?
0: I'm I'm doing well. Unfortunately, our co-host, Paul Dennett, uh, has got a bit sick. So he's got COVID, actually, and he's a bit under the weather. So Ashes fever has got to him. So thanks for jumping on
1: he's like the last person to get um covid um that i know but yeah unfortunately he has joined it and i at the club and i know he'd be really upset um getting it during the ashes too
0: i know he sent me a message last night that he was struggling to stay awake so he must be crook if that's the case so we send our best to paul i'm sure he'll be back soon but what an enthralling day of cricket to start off the series. England declared eight for 393 and Australia and none for 14 at stumps. Before we get into the details of the day, Jaleesa, did you enjoy it?
1: I really enjoyed it. I mean, particularly because um, it could have been really boring um, because of the pretty flat kind of deck that was uh, going on. But, um, yeah, I, I found it uh Thrilling, thrilling day of cricket.
0: Yeah, it was. It was such a roller coaster, and I went through a lot of emotions watching it, but they, the emotions got uh, fired up pretty early when news surfaced on Twitter that Mitch Marsh was seen marking his run out at uh, Edgbaston. And Jaleesa, if McDonald and Cummins said to Mitch Marsh, just, just go and mark your run up out there to throw something out there to send a few people crazy, I thought it was a masterstroke.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, is it a masterstroke or are they new kind of getting a bit caught up into playing like mind games or something like that? I don't I don't think they would have been trying to play any sort of mind games. I'm not sure why he was doing that. But, um yeah, why did you think it was a masterstroke?
0: Well, I just thought it maybe would have made England think that Australia were thinking of playing two spinners or something or the green was injured. It just would have.
1: I think you end allowed- up. Just tying yourself in knots if you're trying to do that. And I don't think England, the way that they're playing at the moment and the way they're approaching cricket at the moment, they don't really care about what the opposition's doing. They've got their style of play that they're sticking to. So I don't know. If, if it was deliberate and that's what they were trying to do, I'd say it was a pretty pointless exercise.
0: Well, it's certainly got the journalists talking, so it's achieved that for sure. Yeah. But then we did we did get to the final Australian team selection, a hotly debated topic and Mitchell Stark was left out. Josh Hazelwood was recalled to the eleven. so they went for Boland Cummins and Hazelwood. What did you think of that selection?
1: Well, I was both disappointed and pleased. I was pleased that Boland wasn't the one that they left out because I thought maybe it would be it would head that way um in terms of you know, the last man in, first one out kind of thing. um, And just the loyalty of the uh, Australian, the selectors that we've seen in the past. So I was happy to see that um, they kept Boland in there. I wasn't on board with having Hazelwood in there. I think we went through this in the podcast um previously. I just feel like he's quite similar to both Boland uh, and Pat Cummins. And I just would like a... Left armor, just something a little bit different, help lion out a bit. I just just if you were really struggling there and um you know Boland and um or Hazelwood and Pat Cummins weren't making an impact, then what's Boland going to be able to do? They're all pretty similar, so I would have liked to have seen Stark in there, but I mean I guess it proved me wrong that we didn't really need him. Mm. Yeah, I,
0: I agree with you in a certain sense. So I think it's a very much a line ball decision, and I, I give the selectors some credit because they have to make a very tough call. But I think you can see Hazelwood might have been our best bowler yesterday, so it was an inspired decision to bring him back. I mean, he got a couple of crucial wickets. He looked fantastic. Boland, on the other hand.
1: He was our best bowler, even after, like, Lyon took the majority of the wickets.
0: Yeah, I thought Hazelwood was definitely our best fast bowler, definitely head and shoulders above the rest. You know, big wickets, you know, he gets Duckett for 12, then he gets Stokes for one. He bowled 15 overs. I wouldn't overs. say he was
1: the best bowler, but I'm happy to say it was probably the best fast bowler, yeah. Mm.
0: And then sort of thinking about the way Australia fielded and the fields come and set, I think if you're going to go that way, why don't you pick Stark? Because Stark matches up perfectly with this current, the way Cummins had set the field. They had fielders on the deep protecting the boundary and had a few fielders up close. That is perfect for Stark. If you can protect the boundary ball, he will get wickets. So I think actually Bolin was the one that probably struggled yesterday. I mean, he got a wicket, but he went 14 overs, one for 86. So, I think if Australia wants to play this way, Stark is perfect for this. And towards the end of the day when England were really going, I would love to have seen Stark steaming in at the tail. So I think they'll have to revisit it.
1: well, I, yeah, I understand what you're playing what you're saying, except I don't think that that you your field and then pick your bowlers. I think that's probably a bit of a.
0: Well, no, no, but what I'm saying is that they'd, they'd obviously thought that, okay, we're going to have sweepers to cut down the boundaries because they know England wants to score boundaries and clearly because after 10 minutes there was out there, they'd thought about this. McDonald and Cummins and Smith maybe decided we're going to have sweepers. So why not pick Stark?
1: I think the fielding, particularly at the – and I hate to repeat probably what the English commentators were saying because I thought they that was particularly ridiculous in the first – session Um, but I think the fielding was a little bit lost uh, early on and uh, I think even at one point um, Smith kind of said to um, I think he said to to Cummins he said you've got to move someone like they're scoring like you know they were just scoring in the same spot constantly so Smith um, kind of stepped in there which is great it's great that they have that dynamic where he can step in as a pretty, pretty smart Cricketer and and fix those kind of things, and it's hard for Pat Cummins when he's also trying to focus on bowling.
0: Oh, excuses, excuses.
1: What? Did, but excuses for what? What? Pat what you Cummins,
0: you and you and Paul. I, every time I criticise Pat Cummins, everyone defends him. But
1: when were you? Well, first of all, you weren't even criticising Pat Cummins then. Just generally, why, why historically, is that, why is that a bad approach? Why? Why is the more voices that you take on? Why is that a bad approach? Isn't that a good captain?
0: Oh no, no, he's a good captain. I just mean. So what you were talking about frustrated me as well, that I don't mind protecting the boundary ball, but what frustrated me is the England batters were just nudging the ball into the onside and getting an easy single. They didn't even have to hit a, a good shot. It was just a defensive shot. So I thought that was probably where Cummins erred.
1: But as soon but as soon as Steve Smith pointed that out to mm. him, he corrected it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, like he smudges there. Yeah, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. I just thought – there was a lot of pressure on Cummins' captaincy yesterday. He did pretty well. But, it, yeah, it's really tough for a fast-bowling captain to manage a team like that.
1: You got to uh, We we have this debate all the time, but you've got to remember captaincy is not just what is happening on the field. Captaincy is every other aspect of mm. the game. And I would say 60% of it is actually managing the image and the media, um, and that's what Pat Cummins is pretty good at. And if you're happy to, as a captain, sit there and see – someone as smart as Steve Smith and your ego doesn't get in the way of taking on his advice, I'd say that's a pretty good captain.
0: He's a great bloke. Cummins is a great bloke. I just think tactically sometimes it's a bit lost. Anyway, England won the toss and elected to bat. And the first ball was a wide half volley from Cummins and Zach Crawley in true Bazball fashion just stepped out to it and smoked it to the boundary. I mean, immediately I was like, oh, yeah, this is the new England.
1: I loved it. I thought it was I actually like even as an Australian fan, I loved it. I, it got the crowd going. Uh, you know, got uh the rest of his teammates looking <laughs> just they even looked shocked. That was <laughs> what was quite uh funny. But yeah, I, I loved it. But um it was interesting, a few people um pointed out um and I just want to find the tweet that I replied to, but let me just find this tweet. Um it was from, um, and I think it, he, it wasn't just this one person that point, pointed this uh, out. It, Alan Katzman on uh, Twitter said the what, 407 runs scored on day one of the test in Birmingham was exactly the same number of runs scored on day one of the Birmingham test in 2005. 2005, the run rate was 5.13 compared to uh, 4.96 this year, England's Rate was 5.03 this year. Not sure what basball was called in 2005. And a few people did point that out. I think even the BBC on the coverage pointed that out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it now has a name, isn't it?
0: Yes. And it did remind me of that day in 2005 where hunting on, punter on that day sent England in. Very quickly, though, very quickly it became apparent that the pitch was an absolute road. I mean... <laughs> You know, for all of England's bluster about you know trying to save Test cricket, pitches like this aren't fantastic. I mean, they've heavily weighted towards the batters, and sure, Australia might get rolled for two fifty today, but we also could bat for two and a half days. I mean, there was just nothing in it.
1: it, it on our best day, we we could bat this out for the rest of the day. To be honest, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do bat for the for the next two days and. Um, put un- England under an awful amount of pressure. How about the English commentators, though? They were saying Australia was rattled in the first, like, hour of play and I just couldn't believe the commentary. I was just like we are only an hour in and, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, setting themselves up almost for failure, to be honest, because I just, Think that yeah, like you've got you know you've got Steve Smith there, you've got David Warner, you got we've got a good batting depth, and that you know, they were acting like it was all over for Australia in the first session. I thought this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, there was well, there was a lot of criticism for Cummins fields from the commentators. I think some of it was warranted. I actually liked the idea of having sweepers back and protecting the boundaries because the boundaries are what keeps England going. That's the way they want to play. So if you can cut them off and take wickets, you're going to be in a much better position. But as I said, I think they've got to cut the singles off in the circle. So you want that classic almost uh, in out field that you see in India, um, But look, I thought at times you could tell the, I mean, there was a few drop catches, you know, Travis Head dropped Harry Brooke, Kerry missed a couple, one off Crawley, one off Bearstow. So I think you could tell Australia was not on the back foot, but they, you know, they have to adapt to what England's going to throw at them. And they came hard. They came really hard. I mean, Let's go through the wickets. The first one to go was um, Ben Duckett caught by Carey off Hazelwood for 12. So England were one for 22. And then I thought Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley put on a lovely partnership of 70. But then, as has happened, a loss in Ash's cricket, Ollie Pope um, was out LBW to line, line going around the wicket and trapping him in front, angled across and spinning back. So, England were two for 92. And then the stellar blow for Australia was Zach Crawley, last ball before lunch, caught by Carey off Boland for 61. Just a feather on his glove. Uh, before that, though, it wasn't sorry Carey dropped chance. I, I actually, he didn't drop it, he caught it, but he didn't um, go to DRS for the, the review. So, Crawley had survived a nick and then was out last ball before lunch, the finest touch on his glove. So England were three for one twenty-four at lunch, and I thought Australia on top.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. I'm I'm super excited to um, see what happens today. I like I said, it could end up being a very boring couple of days if you are just a neutral fan, because I feel like Australia could. This is the kind of pitch where, um, yeah, Australia could bat for the next two days, and it could end up turning into a quite a boring test and quite interesting on the last day for us.
0: How does Kerry miss an edge, though, off Crawley? I don't understand that. I know we in our group chat you were saying everyone missed it, but I'm like, well, you're right there. You're in the best position. Like if it's that close to the bat, aren't you at least interested?
1: Everyone missed it, and I do not believe the technology.
0: Oh, my God, I'm glad Paul isn't here. And I was with some people last night.
1: Paul didn't even react to me in the group chat about it, but I wish that he was here too.
0: That's how sick he is.
1: Oh, that's how sick he is I was I I started on the technology and didn't even have the strength to do that that's when I was really concerned but um I just don't believe the technology I just do not believe that all of that team there was not one even slight little shout on that edge I just don't think there was an edge there I just I hate technology in sport where I've said it a thousand times I absolutely hate it I don't trust it don't believe it and um I think that last night was a perfect example I just Don't believe that all those, the brightest minds in cricket missed that edge.
0: Well, I think what happened was the crowd was very loud. So that's probably why Carrie and Slips didn't hear it.
1: No, the crowd's loud in like so many places across the world. I don't, I don't think, no, you're right there. If there was an edge like that, and it wasn't like a little edge, according to the technology, it wasn't a little edge. So, I, I don't I just don't buy it. I'm not buying the yarn.
0: Well, I was with the DRS denier last night watching the, the cricket at a pub it. in Paddington and he said to me, Oh no, that Pope one wasn't out. I don't know how long how the DRS did that. And then when Bairstow was wrapped on the pad's first ball and DRS showed it going over the top, he was like, Oh no, that's not going over the top. This DRS is rubbish. And I, I could just hear Paul in my ear just exploding with rage. Um anyway so after lunch harry brooke came out the slogger the t20 slogger that's trying to play test cricket and he dashed to 32 off 37 travis head running in from deep point dropped a catch um not long before he was dismissed yeah that that could have been costly the way brooke was playing yeah for sure so head spilt one coming in um But then Harry Brook, an incredible dismissal, sort of tries to play one that's spinning back into his body and it went hit his body, went up in the air. And the Aussies were kind of excited because it was sort of close to the bat. So maybe it had just um, caught something on the way through, but the ball looped up and then just bounced down and rolled onto the stumps. Brooke had no idea where the ball was, so Brooke was bowled by Lyon for 32. That was just an extraordinary dismissal.
1: Yeah, um, I thought Lyon was was really good. Um, I I mean, yeah, he he always sort of proves his worth over there, but I thought he bowled particularly well.
0: I thought he did as well, but I do think Cummins at some points persisted with him for a couple of overs too long. I would have liked to have seen a little bit shorter spells, especially towards the end when they were taking him down. Um, I thought sometimes Cummins just get into this mode where he just gives the ball to Lion and says, go for it. Whereas, yeah, I think he could have just switched his bowlers around a bit like you do in limited overs cricket. So Brooke goes for 32. Stokes goes for one caught by Kerry off Hazelwood, just a loose shot outside off stump, certainly not a captain shot. But this is where I think you see the advantage to England's long batting order. Mm. Australia have England five for 176. And I, I, I feared this besto came out, first ball wrapped on the pads from Hazelwood. As I said, Dara showed it going over the top, so he survives. Then he goes on to make a runner ball, 78, 12 boundaries. He supports Joe Root at the other end, who's playing an absolute blinder. And from five for 176, Bairstow and Root take the score to six for 297, which really brings England back into the game. I don't know if you've been um, – what do you think of Bairstow?
1: Oh, he's just an absolute asset, isn't he, in any side just to have a wiki keeper that bat like that. And and just, you're right, just so deep down the order. I mean, I was pretty concerned when you saw Besto so far down the order, you thought, oh, my God, this is like a very good uh, tale, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, he's fantastic.
0: It's a great innings for him. There was some um, chat on Twitter about him, you know, he he goes – He's dismissed for 78 and he's walking off raising his bat like he scored 178. And um a couple of English fans pointed out that was just coming back from a broken leg and the fans were happy to see him, but I thought he maybe went a bit over the top. I mean, 78's a good oh,
1: score. I don't. Seventy-eight is a is a good score, and he's in front of a but like, you know what I never understand in cricket is we all we get so um Get so up in arms when people celebrate and we feel like they shouldn't like celebrate or or it's over the top or like it's you, you gotta be emotionless, boring robots in cricket. I mean, I I thought there was nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah, it just wound me up a little bit. Um, so he goes for 78. Mowing Alley goes for 18, just runs down the pitch to line and slogs at one. Lol, lol Moeen Alley, welcome back to the ashes. Um, broad smashes 16 off 21 he's bowled by Cameron Green and then Joe Root goes to a masterful 100 his 30th test century his first ashes century since 2015 it was a phenomenal innings he ended up 118 not out when Joe when Ben Stokes declared the innings wildly declared the innings at 8 for 393 what an innings from Root. I mean, that was class personified, Jaleesa. He, he's fast becoming my favorite English batter to watch.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's just um I mean, he's just everything they would want, um, you know, in that position. And
0: held the innings together. He just held the innings together. He played his own game. So 118 not out, 152 balls, seven fours, four sixes. But the declaration, Jaleesa, just came out of nowhere. And I cannot believe it because Root was absolutely smoking the ball. Robinson at the other end was 17, not out. I think England could have easily got up to, say, 450, and that would have been, I think, more intimidating for Australia. And I think Stokes, for some reason, got caught in this mentality, let's have a few overs at Australia at the end. But I actually think it was a dumb dumb declaration and the fact that England didn't get a wicket in the overs before stumps and Australia were none for 14 just proves that that was an absolute folly from Stokes.
1: Yes, and I hope that this is correct uh pro- and ended up proved correct, but I thought it was the biggest mistake of this test match and it'll bring England completely undone. Yes. And when I when, mm. when I mentioned the um when I mentioned the uh, tweet that I was talking about before when, you know, it's not that different to 2005, this is the key difference. This is why I wanted to mention that tweet early and come back to it now. The key difference is on that, that day they did not declare for that. They've declared at this now. And I think this is a huge, huge mistake. And this is obviously the big difference in baseball Ball was the, you know, we've played aggressively and, and now we're going to declare aggressively. Uh, It certainly makes cricket more interesting to those who find test cricket sometimes boring, particularly when you play out a draw. But huge mistake from England. Can't wait till it bites them in the butt.
0: Couldn't agree more. And, you know, just before the declaration, Lyon was smashed for 20 runs off one over, the joint most expensive over for him in Test cricket. How do you think he felt when he saw Stokes stand up and call them in? He must have been so relieved. So would Pat Cummins because Pat Cummins is thinking, well, if we can get these last two wickets and keep England under sort of 400 or 400, then we've done really well. But instead Root was hitting the ball all over the place. And I just think sometimes – Clearly Stokes gets too caught up in this whole attack, attack, attack mantra. And, you know, I thought can't Warner and Kawaja looked pretty good in that last session. And this pitch is made for Kawaja and Warner. No movement, keeping low. I mean, we saw Kawaja bat for days in Pakistan on tracks like this. So as much as I think England had a decent day, I still think Australia would have a slight advantage, um, but time will tell.
1: It screamed to me a decision that had been made days ago that this is the point they were going to get to and then they were going to aggressively declare, which makes no sense to me, but, um, yeah, huge mistake.
0: The bowling figures, Cummins, 14 overs, none for 59. Hazelwood, 15 overs, 2 for 61. Boland, 14 overs, 1 for 86. And I think you'll see Stark come in for him in the next match. Uh, Nathan Lyon, 29 overs, 4 for 149. Cameron Green, six overs, one for 32. So, as I said, Australia none for 14. In reply to eight declared for 393. Just a couple of stats from Andy Zaltzman from the BBC. England scored more singles in the first 40 overs of a Test match first innings ever. So... Um, that's never happened before in the history of Test cricket, and Cummins went wicketless in the first innings of a Test for only the second time in the last 33 matches he has played. So tough day for the skipper.
1: Oh, I'm not even buying any of this
0: bullshit. All right. Well, um, speaking of bullshit, let's wrap this. Yeah, up.
1: I, I love how you're like Australia's on top. This is, you know, we're we're going great. And you're like, so it's a tough day for the skipper. Like, come on, manners. You're a parody.
0: Not a parody. I um, can't
1: wait till I cannot wait till Paul listens to this. I hope he's well enough to at least listen.
0: I hope not. Um, just for the DRS stuff, I hope he's well enough. But if th- that DRS stuff might send him back into a COVID fever, just want to wrap things up. A lot of great feedback from listeners from our Ashes preview, and a lot of great English fans have reached out and said they appreciate the banter and. Uh, they know that I'm just kidding. I don't really hate the English, but they just drive me mad. That, that, that's all I can say. They drive me mad. I go insane. You know, apparently they were singing a song to Nathan Lyon, like, you're just a shit in Alley." I mean, great. Okay, fantastic. Good on you, England. You're so hilarious. I um, Hope you enjoy the actions at home. Um, anyway, need to get I've, that off my chest.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, a hun- did you go too far in the last podcast? Yes, 100%. I think my face said that all however I started to get really angry when I was listening to Kevin Peterson yesterday <laughs> and I was like hang on man it's calm down
0: <laughs> good I mean it's just it just does something to me the emotions of the ashes and I yeah, did you were
1: like blatantly horrible though
0: <laughs> but I I to to bring it out of me and i I said it doesn't bring out my best qualities but you know a couple of people said i'm racist yeah ha ha great sense of humor england um all right well it's all right when they're giving out the jokes you know mitchell johnson and nathan lyon and all that stuff and water and smith about the sandpaper when they get a bit back
1: oh man it's oh, you can't say that okay let's wrap this up before you you just dig deeper (laughs)
0: All right. Well, look, um, Jaleesa, thanks for jumping on. Have a great weekend. Enjoy tonight. Hopefully, it's a big day for Australia batting. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Cricket Unfiltered.
1: This is a Piccolo podcast production.